0: Live from Ood Habitation Unit 1, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock.
1: Okay, well, let's do it. now. I... <laughs> you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the
0: best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program... Louis Trapani, hello. Ken Deep, hello. James Norton. hello. News, fabulous. Reviews, oh no. And fan mail for James, uh, forty thousand. Doctor Who PodShock from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know that guy James was really cool. Oh yeah, we blew that.
2: I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are you? Who are you?
0: Outpost Gallifrey presents Doctor Who PodShock. It's uh, Ken Deep alongside Mr. Lewis Trapani. Hello. And across the pond, of course, Mr. James Norton. Hi there. And it's a swinging, sexy feedback edition of Doctor Who Podshock. We have a ton of voicemail and email to get to. Your calls, your emails, your comments. It's, hey, it's all about you. <laughs>
3: don't say that that reminds me of a very very cheesy boy band number that was a popular hit on the radio here recently terrible please continue
0: (laughs) james and the Nortons was the
1: the group
3: sadly not i think it was from a band called mcfly but yeah let's not go there (laughs) terrible terrible
1: marty mcfly hello mcfly (laughs) Well, as uh, Ken said, we have lots of feedback. And we always appreciate everybody's
0: feedback. Believe yes. me, it's really yeah. – it's it's awesome because it's uh, – we've said this in the past, and we'll make it a point of saying it again. It's it's just as much your podcast as it is our pod- podcast. Uh, the show relies on participation. We are one big – Doctor Who community uh, that goes for not only the listeners of Podshock but the other podcasts involved in Doctor Who and science fiction We are all in it together and um, you know it's something that when when one podcast uh, um, can 't deliver something another podcast steps up and delivers something and it's great it's just a wonderful community and uh, we're, we're very honored to be a part and we appreciate everyone 's feedback We get a lot of uh, emails and a lot of um, voicemails through different means through Skype through the K7 call box and a number of different places it's it's awesome believe me we, we appreciate it and, and we're always amazed um, by the diversity of the people that that email um, young and old um, of, of every nation and creed and sex and lack of sex and um, uh, color and preferences and whatever it's just an amazing amazing uh diverse group of people that email and comment and listen to doctor who pod it's it's wonderful um and also now that that the the podcast has been around for a while we're starting to get people who are like our eyes and ears on the street so if something goes on doctor who wise in their community or something they catch it all seems to quickly get emailed over to us hey i just saw this i heard this and it's great. It's, um, it's like having, a,
1: like, a spy network, a doctor's spy mm-hmm. network. And you can send us feedback anytime you like by sending it to feedback at podchalk.net. You can, uh, since this is an audio podcast, what's best is uh, audio feedback. If you can send an audio file, mp3, or uh, um, basically any standard format audio file, send it to us at feedback at podshock.net. You can also use uh, Skype or the Gizmo Project to send us feedback. Our address is simply Podshock there. just not Podshock there, just (laughs) Podshock.
3: So yeah, without further ado, let's get cracking. And uh, I've got an email here from a person, well, a a lady, in fact, called Sammy. And she says, hi, guys. Just like to say I really enjoy enjoy listening to your shows. I would love to contribute during your live shows. It's just the time in Australia, and when you do your shows, 1pm Eastern Daylight Time, sadly it's 5am in the morning over here. Now, I don't mind waking up that early if need be, it's just that I'll wake everybody up in the house in the process. I'm probably not the only Australian pod shop fan who has said this, but it would make it easier for us over here if the time was made a little later. Not a lot, just a few hours, instead of 5am, maybe 9am or 10am either way keep up the fine work boys Sammy, Doctor Who fangirl well yeah because we do have quite a few fans well I, I say we have fans of Podshot but there's, nice. there's plenty of listeners and, and Doctor Who fans in Australia um, just thinking back we've, of course we've got our Australian correspondents Chris Rattray and uh, the lovely Ashley Triple B mm-hmm. and we really do need to get you know you guys on board so yeah we we should do some some sort of Time shifting of the uh, of the live shows to maybe a little bit later if we can on the odd occasion because you know we would like to get our Australian fans in on the go so I don't know we should talk about it and muse about it and get back yep. to you guys so you'll hear about it mm-hmm. you know as soon as we decide. It's, we've it's, decided
1: it's what always it. been um, it's been hard to really pick a time that's good for everyone because you know obviously a, a good time for Australia may not be a good time for the UK or or. Or whatnot, so it's it's hard to find a time that's good for everyone. But yeah, we yeah. can do um, you know switch around and play around with the times, you know, and see um, if we can gather more people into the live show.
3: Yeah, maybe if it's a different day as well. Maybe if we manage to do it on a Saturday, just the old Saturday somewhere or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, if not necessarily if everybody could get on board, but if it's just you know we can shift it so that our lovely friends down under in Australia and New Zealand can no. even if can we, we do it a as
1: backpack, a special like one-off here and there in addition to i mean only be, only because if you do start playing around the the live show regular time people are gonna you know it's gonna be like ken can remember back in the day when um babylon 5 was on on the local channel here it was on a different time on a different day of the week every week and you can never find it so um, mm. there's something to be said about consistency and having the time but you know we can like i said we want to People, yeah, sure. Accommodate, sure. as many people
0: as we can. Well, what we do is we build it as some special episodes, and this way everybody knows well in advance that uh, that it's going to be something, you know, at a different time and or a different day. I'm all for it. I, I want to, you know, we, we're trying to include everybody in on this, so uh, we can have a special down under version of Doctor Who pod shock, uh, where we shift it around a little and get. Feedback from the Pacific uh, Rim in Australia, and because I you know we have listeners in South Korea and Japan and um, amongst many places, let's let's have everybody have a crack at this. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm. So Lewis, have you got a, a lovely piece of audio feedback for yeah. us now, just to mix things up?
1: We have a backlog of feedback here. So if it sounds dated, it is. But <laughs> we, still want to, we still want to hear what you had to say. Steve from Oswego, New York, he had uh, sent in some feedback once before, and, he's, and this is um, him sending us feedback
4: again. Hey, Ken, Lewis, and James. This is Steve in Oswego, Aloysius12 on a forum, he's calling again. From the uh, Snowcap North, you know, last time I mentioned that uh, we had been inundated with snow, so famously in the news, and just last weekend I tried to fly out to my brother's wedding in Florida, and I got caught in newsworthy bad weather again and got stuck in the Philadelphia airport, so nobody traveled with me. It's bad news. Anyway, in conjunction with what I talked about the last time when we talked about growing TARDISes and so on, and James mentioned how there was so much in the Doctor Who canon and not knowing what was what, There's just so much in in the form of the TV shows themselves, the books, the audios, and so on and so forth. It's hard to know what is really in the canon or not. Well, about ten years ago, not quite, I bought a book by Lance Parkin called A History of the Universe. And at that time, that book comprised most of what is considered Doctor Who canon in the books as well as the TV shows. And he put it all in one timeline for uh, the universe as seen through Doctor Who fiction. And last year in February, I haven't bought my own copy, but he updated it with all the books up to that time, including the new BBC line that started after the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie, as well as uh, many of the big finish audios. So I highly recommend that to anybody who loves Doctor Who, doesn't have the time to really get into as much as, as is out there. Get this book. It really helps sort of filling gaps for me and points out to things of interest that make you go you know I'm going to go check out this book and read that and not worry about all the hundreds of others that are out there uh highly recommended it. it's sort of like a compressed history of canon of Doctor Who it is such a great read it's probably my favorite Doctor Who book ever because there's just so much in there to point to to uh, just sort of fill whatever cravings you're having about Doctor Who and uh Another quick aside, I've been catching up on my past Podshocks. I just listened to one where you guys reviewed the 96 movie and really hungry to go back and check that out again. I was put off the last time it was on Starz because Starz Network played it, and I happened to click by, and they were right in a scene where they were looking down on uh, Eric Roberts' master with his horribly cheesy outfit, and I just went, I just can't watch this right now. So uh, you guys rekindled the fire. Thank you very much. And... You were talking about the different things in there that were weird or didn't quite make sense. Uh, Some of that got taken care of in Terrence Dick's book, The Eighth Doctor, which was the first of the BBC books, you know, after, what was it, Target or whoever did the new adventures. Once theirs was over, BBC took over, and The Eighth Doctor's* was the first one and kind of picks up some of the dangling plot lines and so on that were in there that didn't quite seem to make sense. So the the Paul McGann doctor goes to visit all the uh previous doctors in uh familiar situations like you know Metabellus three and uh the the vampire planet in uh e space and, and things like that. So it's it's a pretty cool book. Uh highly recommend that too. So it's all in the line of getting everybody's canon in order. Thanks again for the great work you guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye bye.
3: Fantastic. Brilliant. Thanks for that, mate. Yeah, because, I mean, we were just kind of talking about it before we got the show kicked off. Is um, We got asked uh, by someone who's writing a book at the moment what kind of references that we use um, when looking at Doctor Who, uh, when we have questions about Doctor Who, the continuity or whatever. And obviously, a lot of the time we do use the net, but it is nice to have these in, you know, our own prospective Doctor Who libraries. Um, A few podcasts ago in the 100th show, we, of course, uh, had the authors of The Greatest Show in the Galaxy um, on. And it's it's always cool to have it as something which you can hold in your your hands and enjoy because although the Internet is great, you know, sort of anybody can contribute to it and, you know, it's not necessarily always as, as perfect as it should be. So it's always handy to have a book that you can just, you know, have beside your bed or whatever and read during the night. And then, uh, you know, you're readily updating your knowledge about Doctor Who so that you can have such nice lively discussions here on Podshock. So cheers for that, mate. Uh, yeah, it's always yeah, good I to know what
0: other people perhaps, like. Perhaps Santa Claus will bring that book for me. And I'm going to make a note of, the, of all the information on it and... uh and, and just, you have to give it up to anybody who can sit and go through all of those things between the novels and the big finish and the shows and, and, uh, there's so many Doctor Who, there's so much content for Doctor Who fans and for someone, uh, an author to sit down and, and, and spend that much time on it, kudos, because there is so much.
1: Yeah. And as far as canon goes, it's Doctor Who has been on for so long, it as has such a long history that it's really possible to, you know, and any, any of the new writers or the new episodes, you know, um, coming out today to really um, take that into account. And there's going to be lapses in canon um, and, and consistency, you know, throughout the series. And I, I suggest that, um, you know, probably as, uh, you know, fans of the show or people that enjoy the series, we have to keep our own, personal canon in our heads what's canon and what's not and 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 that's it because there's really um or or refer to uh, a had uh did a wonderful um i think it was an audio piece that he had in our podcast on what is canon and what's not and 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 go by that
3: (laughs) yeah yeah but of course it's always nice to have canons in our heads because of course when we're all doctor who writers in the future and writing for the bbc you know we can include our own canon (laughs)
1: exactly yeah
3: Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> if any BBC executives are listening, you know, I'm available. <laughs> so let's have another email. This one's from another lovely lady called Jennifer.
0: Um, I just was reading that. <laughs> We're on the, same, on the same page here, James. Look at us. Some
3: once-in-a-lifetime thing, I guess, for Podshock anyway. So here we go. She says, hi, guys. I just thought I would drop you a line saying hi and introduce myself. I'm a 23-year-old secretary living in Florida, and I'm a new Doctor Who fan. I have recently downloaded all of the Christopher Eccleston series and all of David Tennant's first series. I must say that I love it. I also just recently discovered your podcast, and I am starting from the beginning. Good Lord, you've got a long way to go. I just wanted to write this note to say thank you for bringing such an informative podcast about the show to the masses. Keep up the good work. Jennifer. P.S. Could you recommend some of the previous Doctors that are absolutely a must watch? Thanks again. Yeah, well, cheers, Jennifer. I mean, we get asked this question quite a lot and I'm sure as you're kind of trawling back through the uh, the older Podshocks, you'll, you'll hear our kind of recommendations about um, what you should watch as a Doctor Who fan just starting out. Um, but really, I mean, for me, and I think for a lot of Doctor Who fans out there the sort of classic Doctor the Doctor's Doctor is Tom Baker I mean we say a lot that you know what's our favourite Doctor well whatever we are watching at the time but you know any Tom Baker really is is pretty good particularly things like um, Genesis of the Daleks or uh, City of Death um, I think really are a must to kind of get the the whole sort of um, ethos of the show and, and what it's really all about. So uh, that's what I would recommend. I don't know. I'll throw it over to Lewis or Ken. You know, what do you guys think?
0: Well, if, if she's a want. David Tennant fan, then we've come to know that Peter Davison is a is a uh, a must for Tennant yes. fans uh, based yeah. on the recent Children in Need. Uh, and plus, you uh, you get a, a some real strong stories, um, a lot of fun, a lot of continuity in that era. So. I'll uh, I'll give my nod uh, a slightly biased nod to to the Davison era, um, just giving it a shameless plug because we're we're in Davison mode since his appearance in Children in Need. Um, but by the time she gets to this episode, if she's starting from the beginning, she won't be 23 anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she could be a time lady. and is hoping so, so that she can you know get through them all without having to to worry about that too much.
1: Well, I'm going to just recommend maybe some multi-doctor stories and that way she can get a taste of various doctors that that way without, you know, because, I mean, you know, to be honest, you know, they're they're all great and they all have their strengths and, uh, but you can, there's a, a handful of stories there that will encompass more than one doctor. In them, and uh, usually they're at like the tenth anniversary and twentieth anniversary shows. Yeah. This
0: now, now speaking of that, what's the deal with this new deluxe, deluxe, deluxe edition of the Five Doctors coming out?
1: Yeah. yeah. Why are they doing this? I mean, I mean, okay, I understand. I'm all for it, but I would rather than just release stories that haven't been released yet, and then they can go back and you know release special editions of stuff that's already been released. But this yeah. is a, this is a story that's already seen its light on DVD and. I'm assuming it was still available unless it was um unless it's no longer available and and now this is replaced.
0: Well, I,
3: I don't think so. It's certainly been readily available in the UK for quite some time. I mean,
0: yeah, there was uh, a time when they pulled the original edition of The Five Doctors from VHS in order to market the special edition version, but mm-hmm. the DVD has been available for some time. I don't think that it was ever yanked. Uh, yeah, I do
3: not think so either. We could, and, and could
0: just be to, wrong. But. just to clarify for everybody what what it is we're talking about. We we've, we've received some news that there's going to be a new uh deluxe edition of the Five Doctors DVD that will include both the special, you know, 100 plus minute version uh along with the original 90 minute cut uh the the original version with all the Classic special effects. That's probably the best way we could put it. Is, uh, is um, the old school. Yeah, and uh, this is exciting news because it's going to include some new commentary tracks and a few new features and things. But as Lewis said, it's a, it's just a little puzzling that they would choose to use release time for this as opposed to getting out an episode that that hasn't been put out on dvd yet especially in light of the united states being backlogged they're coming out faster in the uk than they are in the united states um we have some catching up to do so i encourage uh warner home video to you know step on the gas pedal
3: yeah get things moving along because you know there's just certain things that you know as dr who fans i don't know about you guys but you know, when I was a kid, I would religiously tape Doctor Who whenever it was on TV, and there are just certain episodes that were my favourites. And the tapes are just absolutely knackered now, mm. and I would really like, you know, the, the restoration team to sort things out and, you know, get those uh, out onto DVD so that I can add them to my collection in nice shiny DVD. So I can completely understand it from a US perspective as well. That you know,
1: the DVD format is now past its 10th anniversary um there's no reason why you know, every episode of doctor who is not out on dvd yet i mean just get them out and uh, so we can enjoy these uh stories and on d- on the dvd format and,
3: mm, you know, i wouldn't be surprised too. if halfway through they just decide you know let's switch over to uh, to blu-ray or hd dvd and then so half of it will be in dvd and then half of it will be in you know, the next format It's well, crazy.
1: Blu ray and HD DVD formats, well, the only benefit they can gain from that is greater capacity because Doctor Who's not shot in high definition and That's none of the classic episodes in the high definition. It's all in video and you can't really, you know, you're limited on how well you can upscale that to HD. So, uh, I would, you know, you can put multiple episodes. Maybe you could put a whole season on a, on a Blu ray. That would be after.
3: awesome if they could do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know what, they may do that <laughs> and we'll maybe rebuy them all over again. <laughs> Damn you.
3: Damn you. Sorry, Kenny, you were going to say something, mate.
1: Yeah, I
0: was going to say that I have, um, I have, you know, some, some extra cash from time to time and... I think Warner Brothers would like to take that off my
1: hands. Nah, I'll, I'll be more than happy to help out if Warner Brothers doesn't want to. <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? Like, if I have any drops of extra income that don't go towards bills, they go straight to Warner Home Video. I mean, I oh, just pay okay. them my tribute and please send me my discs.
3: Yeah, indeed, indeed.
0: And if your wallet ever gets too heavy,
1: just give me a call. <laughs> yeah, that, that's never a problem. I have a wife. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs>
4: Hello, my name's Wendy Padbury and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock.
2: Meet Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Deborah Watling, Fraser Hines, Mary Tam, Jacqueline Pierce, Terry Malloy, and many more <laughs> Doctor Who guests being added all the time. Plus, meet other guests in your favorite science fiction and fantasy genres. Go to JumpCon.com for details. Jump into JumpCon.
1: Go to JumpCon.com for dates and locations near you. Jump into Jump
2: Flash
3: Hi, Timmy's Q here. Are you a Doctor Who fan interested in Second Life,
5: but haven't tried it yet because you don't know what's on offer, or maybe don't think it's for you? Well, have I got a treat coming up for you in episode 20 of my show. I'll be interviewing Izzy McAlpine, founder and joint owner of The
3: Doctor Who Experience and Cardiff, one of the largest Second Life sims dedicated almost entirely to Doctor Who. So that's episode 20 of Living a Second Life at tdrewry.libsyn.com or on iTunes. Year 1
4: If you could have any of Jane's share, which
1: one
3: would you
0: want? And that's
4: here,
0: sir. and she oh,
2: she her 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 no, she now she's she a not Year 2 Year What should do this? guy's got Oh, jeez, that is hilarious.
4: Year 3
5: the verse
3: just started. so I says to him I said I don't if you're reading a it you. you have that suit ready for Mr. Badger by tomorrow care. or you All will you become intimate questions questions with my quote
0: here Mr. Okay. Led him okay. and the serve of okay. pain pain agonizing pain red-shed?
4: now the signal is back for a bigger and better fourth okay. season this is the place we'll buy you the time hold oh. hold
0: till I get back
1: It is a way of life for thousands of strangers who, like Serenity's crew,
3: bonded to become something more than themselves, a family, with a mission to
6: keep the fireside verse alive. (laughs) Welcome back to The Signal.
1: Yes, welcome back. It is... (sighs) We had our little bit of time off, and we are back. Season 4, Going Strong. I can't wait. Find us at
3: www.serenityfirefly.com.
1: Next up in feedback
6: is McGuff in Canada. Hi, this is McGuff in Canada calling from Calgary, Alberta. Um kind of late um uh, discovering your podcast there um surprising since I um I go out to outpost gallery for you almost every day. I think what interested me in the program first of was um <laughs> listening to the commentaries um on the BBC website. Uh, I just wanted more more talk about Doctor Who. Um, I first became a fan of Doctor Who back in 1982, watching it on KFC um Spokane, Washington. Um, would come on every Saturday night at 11 p.m. And, uh, and I got my first um, uh, VCR in 1984 and started taping the uh, uh, Doctor Who. And that continued on for another 10 years um, my fr- my first doctor is Tom Baker, so to me, he's the doctor. Um, my, my favorite um, Dr. show is City of Death. I've actually had to uh, have renewed interest in doctor now. Um, what happened last summer was um, I decided to take out some Tom Baker episodes and watch him again. And um, when I put in my copy of City of Death, um, the VCR ate the tape. So suddenly I've lost my only copy of City of Death. So I began um, buying the DVDs, and that's an expensive process. But just before Christmas, I discovered how to download um, episodes off of the um, Internet. And I've been doing that um, activity for the last five months. I have every show in the canon now, except for seven Peter Davidson episodes and um 11 episodes of the first two doctors so uh, i've done better than i ever would have expected now my habit on the weekend there is to able to download the newest episode around three o'clock in the afternoon and download the commentary and then watch you know the new episode and then listen to the commentary and then in 11 about 11 a.m. in the morning um, on Sunday, um, I'm listening to PodShock. So I've downloaded all your episodes and I'm trying to go through them. So may take a while. So, but uh, really enjoy the post production and um, um, keep up the good work.
1: Thank you so much.
3: Yeah, always cool. It's great to know
6: that uh,
3: you know we're providing entertainment <laughs> alongside uh, you know Doctor Who itself. Who'd have thought it? But yeah.
0: Really cool, mate. I always like when people say I've downloaded every episode, and I think to myself, "Boy, I had to go out and buy another hard drive."
3: (laughs) (laughs) Several, yeah.
0: I've noticed your shows are eighteen hours long, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, after downloading them all, my computer crashed.
3: (laughs) Doesn't doesn't surprise me. Anyway, here's kind of an email that I guess is really directed to, uh, to you guys, Lewis and Ken, because it's about, it's a question specific to Long Island. Oh. Uh, and this is, doesn't, isn't actually, um, the, the person hasn't stated their name, so I'll just refer them to the West Wing 11, which is part of their email address. Mm-hmm. And this person says, I live on Long Island in Suffolk County, and I am a big fan of Doctor Who. I was wondering if you knew of any local clubs in my area. I'm looking for one that uh, will have, especially have meetups and also have events. I appreciate any help that you can give me. Well, from my perspective, the easiest answer that I could tell you would be the Galifron <laughs> Embassy.
1: <But laughs> ding, 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 ding. I don't live. I
3: don't live on uh, on yes, Long Island. So. Uh, Oops. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sorry. Wrong voice clip. <laughs> That's what I meant. you yeah. so, <laughs> just exterminated the poor guy.
3: <laughs> oh, poor chap. Anyway, Lewis and Ken, I mean, I guess that, you know... Well, um,
1: well, I just to, um, you know, because I know sometimes the, we don't get to feedback um, right away on our show, so well, I took the, the liberty of emailing um, West 11, West Wing 11, is it?
3: Okay, yes. yeah. I didn't I, know. I, right.
1: No, no, that's okay. I Just so, so that um, he or she wouldn't be left hanging you know, wondering if there was any organizations or, or clubs to attend, and and yes, we as, as far as Long Island goes, um, we were the first, and right now the only uh, Doctor Who organization that um, that's to my knowledge, still exists. Um, though we've expanded well beyond the borders of Long Island, and we're um, a worldwide or, um, organization now, and this podcast and our website proves that. But um, we, you know we have grown to the point where we're not doing uh local meetings anymore because uh because of that because how many people can attend can james how can you attend our meetings then you know so um, that would be cool though (laughs) it would be very cool i did recommend doctor who new york which is a fine organization that's based out of new york city though sometimes they do have satellite meetings on long island they have done um, so in the past, I don't know of any upcoming meetings that they're doing on Long Island. But...
0: As well as Westchester, I think they they mm-hmm. do some satellite meetings.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. if um, if West Wing Eleven would like to venture into the city, they do a at, they they meet up at a, a pub there at least once a month, and then they sometimes they have a video um, uh, meeting too. In addition to that, so. Uh, please get involved with local fan organizations and uh, um, check out—you know—do searches on the internet wherever you are. Obviously, a lot of our listeners are outside of this geographical location, but there may be organizations and groups that are meeting um, in your area. And I know Ken and I—we we, had spoke about maybe doing a tavern meet-up here somewhere um, at some See, point. You know, that will get James to come over. Yes, yes,
3: <laughs> oh, yes. yes, definitely. <laughs> Who's buying the bears?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that first pints on me. Okay, so, uh, yeah, definitely, and we'll post, we'll put that information on our website as soon as that's uh, put together. We uh, maybe yeah, after fact, the, the holidays, we, we'll put that, something together.
0: Between the the need to do the um, alternate lot alternate time slot live show, uh, which Lewis and I had talked about several times, we've also talked a lot about doing another meetup uh, ba- basically because officially the Gallifreyan embassy hasn't done one in a very long time. Um, and we would love to do it again. We had back in the eighties, that was the, in the newsletter and meeting days. That was the way Dr. Who fans got together to watch new episodes or, or just converse with other people who were, Doctor Who fans, so it's something for, even if it's just for nostalgic purposes, we we definitely want to do. Yeah. And just a quick reminder that even if we don't get a meeting out annually, uh, Lewis and I always attend the Icon Science Fiction Convention. Yeah, i recommend it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, it's um, the first weekend of April in 2008, and Lewis and I will both be there. The Gallifrey Embassy has had a table at that convention. For over 20 years. So you can always walk up, and most of the time uh, at the table, Tim or Keith are there. Um, longtime Doctor Who High Counselors, uh, Gallifrey Embassy High Counselors are always there, manning the table loyally and faithfully. Uh, but other Gallifrey Embassy members are wandering around the convention and will always be willing to uh, to point, to single out Lewis and I for a, a good vegetable throwing.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you haven't written an Icon yet, please write them and and plead and beg and, and demand a Doctor Who guest. Media
0: know, at Iconsf.org. and then also a link to Icon's website is always found at the Embassy dot org or PodShock PodShock
3: Absolutely. I mean, I probably won't be attending this year for obvious reasons, but even I'm thinking about emailing and for heaven's sake you know get a doctor who guest because
0: that would be awesome to, to, if you would
3: <laughs> the demand is there the demand is there you know but uh they just don't seem to, to want well, to we play just, I
0: mean. we just need to give a little encouragement that's all yeah give it like a any stuff. convention like uh like anything you know it's it's about um the feedback it's about um marketing and and things like that and if, if people know if the people who are spending the money at icon who are controlling you know who gets uh, who's being invited to icon knows that there's an interest in it they know that people will come out and pay their admission fee to see mm-hmm. a doctor who guest then they are more inclined to go and do it so mm-hmm. it's re- it's you know it's very practical
3: and you okay. know i think that you really do get value for money with a uh, doctor who guest
0: you certainly cause... do
3: They'll do it for a lot cheaper than sort of the more bigger U.S. type shows. So
0: The U.S. people tend to be more star-oriented, where the British are more actors. Mm -hmm. So they look at it as part of a jobbing actor's requirements, where American people, and it's a generalization, but, you know, well, I'm the star of such and such a show. No, it's, mm. it's different mm. in in Britain. You're an actor.
3: Mm. Well, particularly with Doctor Who as well, because I guess it's you know such a long uh, uh, long running show. I can't speak this evening. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me.
1: Hey, this is Lewis Trapani coming to you from the future. Well, actually, your past, my present, and um, the other Lewis's voice that you heard earlier, his future. <laughs> <laughs> Since this uh podcast was recorded, it has come to my attention that there is um another group uh that has a uh a chapter on Long Island. It's the US branch of Unit, which is out of Massachusetts. They have a local branch in on Long Island. I met up with um with a couple of them at um at Icon this past Icon. And they will be, um, they, they do hold meetings. They had a meeting back in um, the end of April. I don't know whether or not they had any others. I encourage them to post it on our website. And I, hopefully they will. That's the Uh If not, you can check out the usbranchofunit.com and do an inquiry there and ask around at that site about um, information on the Long Island chapter that they have. They do meet out in Suffolk County, I believe. So um, check into that. Okay, we're going to return back to past Lewis and Ken and James.
3: But anyway, Lewis, some more audio stuff do we have? Yeah, we have
1: um, a a long-time listener, Dan, who sent in some audio feedback, and you may know him none other as Danger Mouse in our forums. He's the
4: greatest. He's the
3: greatest.
5: Hey up, Ken Lewis and James, and anyone else who's there. Um, it's Dan here from Sunny Doncaster, otherwise known as Danger Mouse on the forums. I don't know if you remember, but quite a while ago I left some audio feedback, and you played it on the show. Um, and at the time, had lagged behind with the episodes, and I was catching up. And I've been in a similar situation recently. And I'd just like to say, I don't know if you if it's anything that anyone else has commented on, but it's it's been great reliving the episodes through Podshock. Um, because the series three review, you know the, I mean I don't mean the overall review, I mean the review of every each and every episode, the live podcast that you've done, I started listening to those after the series finished. And so by listening to, to the podcasts I was able to um, experience the entire series again, and although it wasn't playing on the telly, I could picture it all in my head, you know, I could feel all the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the, the emotions behind every scene, as it were, and it was like, it was like sitting in a room with a group of friends, all talking about what was happening on telly, it was great, you know, it was like having a running commentary, so I'd like to... I'd like to thank you for uh, increasing my enjoyment of the series. I've thanks to you. I've certainly got me uh, me money's worth from your license fee. So me, you know, me nine pound fifty a month, or whatever, certainly been well spent. Uh, next year for series four, I think I'll do the same thing again. I'll uh, I'll not listen to Podchock while the series is on, and then afterwards I'll uh, relive it through you again. Um, on Podchock ninety two, which is what I'm listening to right now, I've nearly caught up. Um. You were talking about why people like Doctor Who, you know, what got you into it. So I thought I'd chip in with, uh, you know, with, with what got me into Doctor Who. And when it was on telly initially, I wasn't a massive fan of it. I watched it and I found it quite eerie. I think the main reason I found it eerie was because there'd be walking through streets and there'd be nobody there except except the main cast. You know, there never really seemed to be any extras. It just seemed to be them and I always, always found it quite uh, quite eerie. But my brother was absolutely terrified of Doctor Who. He was one of those you know, hide-behind-the-settee kind of people. Um, Doctor Who didn't really scare me. Uh, Terrorhawks terrified me, though. I used to, I used to be terrified of Terrorhawks. Um, and so watching Doctor Who when I was little, although the series itself didn't really strike me as uh, my favourite thing on telly, I absolutely loved the Daleks. Um, I don't know if anybody else has got into Doctor Who uh, through an enemy of the Doctor, but the Daleks really, really attracted me to the series. I I don't know what it is about them. I just found them quite enjoyable to watch. And I uh, watched the Peter Cushing films when I was younger, and I had them both on VHS. I could watch them over and over again. I thought they were excellent. I mean, at the time, I didn't realize that they weren't part of the Doctor Who TV series and that they weren't canon. I was aware that there were different actors involved, playing the Doctor and I just I suppose I just assumed it was a a feature-length episode of some feature-length episode of uh, one of the actual episodes itself which in a way they were I suppose because they were just remakes of existing stories anyway um, one thing that you've touched upon as well when you've been talking about why people like Doctor Who is the fact that a lot of the people involved with it are fans of the show and i think dr who's probably unique in that essence in, in that fact uh when I mean, lots of people involved in lots of different shows are, are fans of it you know i'm sure a lot of people who have worked on star trek the next generation were fans of star trek um but with dr who you get a lot of people on interviews who are involved with the show saying you know i'm a big fan of dr who and they're not just saying it. It's not a case of, oh, yeah, I've watched one or two episodes and I thought it was quite good. You know, they'll actually name classic episodes. Um, you know, they'll, they'll name uh, specific seasons from, say, 1974, you know, something like that. And it's great that people have got uh, such a deep, you know, passion for the show. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's essentially fan fiction. You know, it's as if the BBC have gone to a load of people that would otherwise have written, you know, Doctor Who newsletters or websites, created their own comics, or done their own uh, series using models, and said, hey, here you go, there's a few million here, you know, get a series churned out, and, uh, you, know, it's, uh, th- you know, they've done a good job. I mean, everybody who talks about the show, uh, the interviews you've had recently have been brilliant, and, you know, talking about writers on the show becoming TV writers because they wanted to work on Doctor Who. And now they're doing it. You know, I mean, that must be brilliant. And uh, Russell T. Davis, you know, saying, I'm not going to work for the the BBC unless you bring back Doctor Who. And, you know, the passion for the show is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm always interested to hear the American side of Doctor Who fandom because over here, you know, as everyone knows, it, it is an institution in the U.K., Everybody knows what the TARDIS is. It's part of everyday language. If any, you know, if you watch TV and it's one of these uh, TV programs about buying houses, you know, they'll always use the term, oh, it's like a TARDIS in here. You know, it's a phrase that you hear all the time. Um, I don't know anybody who doesn't know what Doctor Who is, who's never seen an episode. You know, people of all ages, you know, my grandma, who's maybe 70-odd, she's watched Doctor Who, um... I've got nephews who are, you know, four and five. I've got one of uh, three years old, and he watches Doctor Who. It's just one of those things that everybody's aware of. Even if people don't like it, I've got, you know, I know people who, you know, bizarre, I know, don't like Doctor Who. Um, but they still know what it is. They're still seeing it. You know, I'd like to think they've maybe got the odd happy, if not scared memory of it. Anyway, I'll sign off now because uh, I've taken up a lot of your time, and I think this has been recorded as a WAV file, so it's going to take an absolute age to send via email. Um, so keep up the good show, lads. I've really enjoyed it, um, and I look forward to um, your future episodes, particularly your Season 4 reviews, because like I say, I'm gonna, uh, I am going to—I might not listen to Podshock for a few months and then catch up with it all in one go. Thanks a lot. Cheers.
4: He's
0: the greatest. He's fantastic. Wherever there is danger, he'll be there. He's the ace. He's amazing. He's the strongest. Is there a, a song down. as catchy as the Danger Mouse theme other than maybe the Doctor Who theme? It's just just sheer perfection. <laughs> Could
3: it be on your Desert Island discs, Ken?
0: It might so, be. Right yeah. up there next to, you know, Wish You Were Here and... Uh, and... Um, Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's um, it's
3: the podcast in itself.
0: <laughs> I love hearing stories like that. You know that I'm always I'm always down for stories. And 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 the comparison between the U.S. and the U.K. is that, um, and the, and you can you can flip flop these very easily. Um, in the U.S., Doctor Who is like Star Trek is in the U.K. and vice versa. Um, mm. It's an institute. Star Trek is an institution in the United States. Doctor Who is an institution in Britain. Star Trek is uh, cult science fiction in Britain. Doctor Who is cult science fiction in the United States. Um, in in the UK, um, everyone's seen Doctor Who. In the United States, there is an understanding of it, and and even some people that I work with who are not Doctor Who fans, because I mysteriously leave the free BBC wallpapers all over the computers at work, I'll get comments like, is that the, the tortoise? Is usually what I'll uh, <laughs> this kind of things I'll, I'll hear. <laughs> it's, that guy it's a, a turtle on, a big on the like, inside. No. Um, but uh, you know, there is a there is an understanding by uh, people who are television fans in particular uh, in the United States about what Doctor Who mm. is. But but now with its um, rebirth on the Sci Fi Channel, you know, with the new episodes. Uh, the show's a, a hit here uh, it isn't a hit the way let's say Heroes is a hit in the United States or the remake of Battlestar Galactica but it's still pretty well known and, and, and I think there is a an understanding by television audiences what its place is oh this is a, a classic show that they've brought back
3: mm-hmm. but speaking along that lines I've got an email here from a person called Dr. Philip Cerner and he's talking about you know references to doctor who and uh, anyway he says hi guys just a note about classic doctor who footage in a family guy episode about halfway through where <laughs> han solo jumps to light speed he comments on how weird hyperspace was <laughs> revealing the classic tom baker era title sequence and theme music not that i'm a family guy fan i was laughing hysterically it is a testament to the strength of fandom in the U.S. that we see references to Doctor Who in a mainstream television like Family Guy and The Simston, Simpsons. Most of it's the yours, Doctor Philip Cerner. So yeah, yeah, there you go. That's just an example right there of you know how you know people, audiences do appreciate the show, have a, a certain understanding of it, and can recognise sort of well, what the, it is.
0: The opening titles for the Tom Baker era it lent itself to being similar to the hyperspace in Star Wars, so it was it was mm-hmm. a, it was was a great joke in Family Guy. And for Family Guy and Star Wars fans alike, they're releasing the um, Blue Harvest Star Wars special uh, on DVD. Now, originally I was like, well, I, you know, I've already seen it and I wasn't going to pick it up, but it comes with they remade the Star Wars trading cards, the old Blue mm-hmm. Tops cards yeah. from the 70s with all the... Family Guy artwork, and right off the bat, I said, "Okay, now I have to buy it."
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> you know for an incentive to to fork out the cash. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But getting back to that story, when that episode of Family Guy when it was originally on, and uh, I, I remember watching it and seeing that Doctor Who reference, I was quite, I mean, pleasantly surprised. I was, um, mm. you know, I, I didn't expect a prime-time television show. I mean, Family Guy always has references to cultural pop stuff, and um, but, you know, it's. And, and the Simpsons have made references to Doctor Who over the years as well. And um, so I, I guess it's, it, it kind of follows that same sensibility and that same audience that probably are watching The Simpsons most likely. You know, a good segment of that probably watch The Family Guy as well. So. Well, in, in fairness, things like
0: The Family Guy or The Simpsons, the style of humor from time to time is very british or very monty python mm. where it, mm. it's how far are we gonna go with this you know what 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 could we do that's so outlandish until yeah. people laugh and, and that was the that's really the monty python um playbook is mm. where are we gonna go with this until people are just splitting their sides
1: mm. Mm. no one was expecting the spanish inquisition exactly,
0: exactly.
3: Yeah, and I think that's a testament to why Family Guy and The Simpsons are such huge hits over here in the UK and indeed around the world, is that, you know, it's it's almost like a universal humour. It's quirky and you know what to expect, just like Monty Python, you know, mm-hmm. even though you don't know what to expect with the Spanish Inquisition. So
0: Americans have <laughs> always, always enjoyed British humour because there is a segment of, of the American population that just, like you say, James likes that quirkiness, likes the, the ability to, uh, to let go. Uh, and I think it, 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 from an American point of view, maybe it's a, a curiosity thing. Like British are viewed as being so very reserved, and to see them go over the top is so yeah. humorous.
3: <laughs> just do crazy things.
0: Yeah. Yes, like your podcast.
3: <laughs> Indeed, well, or lack thereof for the time being, but oh. maybe it'll it'll get resurrected one day. Indeed.
0: <laughs> at the so, bar Lewis. at the Los Angeles Airport Marriott.
3: Indeed. If not this year, then definitely next year. Get me around in. Yeah, let's hit record and do Drunken Podshock. That's Bell. going to be the
1: after show recording in the pub. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. I think this is um from um, that emo guy, I believe. Oh, let's see.
0: That emo guy.
6: <laughs> Howdy Podshock pals, it's that Neo guy calling, and I'm in the middle of listening to the uh round table episode and I just felt compelled to call up and just say how much I'm enjoying it. Great job. What a what a nice uh fun change of pace thing and and it's great to have these fleshed out opinions and, and uh crisscross discussion. Rock on with your bad self. Now, okay. Now, here's my one um, thing about it. Sure is sad that it's only male voices. I mean, come on, where's Magpie from the forums? Where's Setai Stick? Come on, you girls.
5: Call in next time.
3: (laughs) Well, this is what we've been saying for some time, um, and I got into a little bit of trouble from from some of the lady fans for, for, you know, making jokes about it. Um... But yeah, I mean, we know that there, are, that there are lady listeners out there because they email in, evidently, today. I don't know, maybe it's just not their thing to uh, to, to, to call up on the phone and talk well, about it, too. Apparently,
0: so. they only email to james <laughs> at podshock.net.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we clearly do have, clearly we not. We do have some regulars. Um, there, there was, well, yes. last week we had, uh, I think, a first-time caller, Emily. Um, she had called in, and hopefully she'll be back again. For our, uh, this uh, next week's um, live show, and uh, we encourage everyone to call in and participate, uh, no matter um, what you got between your legs, you know. Just come oh, on, good oh God. come on, lower <laughs> the tone, yeah.
3: Lewis. Heaven's sake.
0: I'm
1: sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you know,
0: the following program contains adult situations that may not be appropriate for all
1: audiences. <laughs> From viewer oh discretion oh my oh
3: my discretion listener discretion is advised <laughs> I, would be, you know, I was going to say how that nicely leads into another email who we have from a, a lady listener I like that because it's alliteration um, but i I've got to get my breath back here I don't know how <laughs> I'm going to be able to read this without laughing now cheers Lewis um, okay this is from a lady called Joy and she, this is the subject is an amusing story from my recent trip to Scotland And she says, so I'm a a Who newbie. I started watching last December after hearing a couple of interviews with David Tennant on a radio show. I listened uh, online out of London and thought he sounded pretty cool. And I've heard of Doctor Who. So when I saw it on, it was on sci-fi one night. I checked it out. It intrigued me and I enjoyed it. So I started learning more. The reason I'm writing is because I thought this story would amuse you. So I got back from a little over a two-week vacation to Scotland with my family. Our first day was in Glasgow, and I was so excited because I found the TARDIS. Two, in fact. One was being used to sell cappuccinos from. Good (laughs) Lord. Heavens. So, of course, I had to get my photo taken with it, see attached. So, yeah, if you're listening to the Enhanced podcast, you'll probably see a nice little picture in the album artwork title. Anyway... I'm sorry to say that we did not see any others the whole time we were there. What I find really funny, though, was my brother, who I had also gotten to watch the show, but is not as addicted as I am, uh, is getting very annoyed with me because everywhere we went, I could relate it to a Doctor Who episode. A perfect example was in a castle where a little boy called for his mummy a couple of times, and all I could think about for the rest of the day was the empty child and the Doctor dances. So I just thought that would amuse you. Keep up the, the, the good work. Love listening. And uh, see so you have more female ris- listeners than you realize. Joy from <laughs> Alexandria in Virginia, I assume. So, yeah. See, even the ladies know that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
3: we love the ladies. Here yeah, on the well, I'll tell you.
0: May Definitely. I tell you a... Sorry, mm-hmm. Louis? go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to tell you a quick story that um, a coworker of mine, my friend Kathy, uh, was over visiting family in the uk a couple weeks ago and um i don't know how the subject of doctor who came up i'm sure it was that she watches the show um here on sci-fi and apparently her cousin kevin is a big time pod shock listener
3: wow cool Mm -hmm.
0: so that was very cool i was like wow it's a small world after all indeed
1: yeah. Oh. And just another point about um, you know, we have I, I'm sure we have a lot of female listeners and um, you know, and we encourage everyone to participate and be part of the show and, and just a little just going back to our beginnings and I remember, you know, going to Doctor Who conventions back in the early eighties and, and this is not to say that other science fiction fandom don't have female fans, but I always felt that Doctor Who had a more um I don't want to say level because I, I guess it's more balanced, but I mean, still dominantly male. But it was, you still had more women and, and female fans um, in attendance showing their at conventions. I would, I, I, you know, just from my own observations, you know, it just seemed to be um, heading more to a balanced state where, and I guess, you know, being that the doctor's um, male and it, it, I think I always. It, it tends to attract some um, some more female fans than um, if um, than other science fiction shows. I mean, again, not to say that Star Trek and other shows don't have a female following; they do, but yeah, it just, just seems like doctor, doctor Who has yeah. a stronger pull. Well, two okay. two
0: quick commentaries on that. One, uh, I thought, I if I had to make a quick analysis of it, I think the the lack. In in the classic series, the lack of the Doctor having any overt sexuality was a, a plus. You know, the problem with the the common thread in many television shows is if you put a male character and a female character together, all of a sudden they must fall in love. Yeah. And the Doctor could go and travel with a woman, um, and, it, and that wasn't a factor. The the travel was the factor. The the adventure was the the main subject.
1: So that was probably refreshing. Um, I know. I as a as a male viewer, I find that refreshing. Yeah, and but it left it up to the audience to kind of, if you wanted to fill in what was missing, you could. That was up was your prerogative to do that. And it wasn't the 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 show wasn't telling you what was happening and what was not happening. It just it just wasn't seen. So you can use your own imagination to kind of um, fill in. Is there the hanky punky know.
3: going on in the TARDIS? We don't mm-hmm. know. Whereas on Star Trek, you'd see that all the time because Captain Kirk would be, you know, shagging the nearest green alien, you know wherever possible. Whereas you never saw that on Doctor Who, thank goodness.
0: If I, if I had to, to make a, um, a more modern turning point, I think the X-Files might be that spot where the character of Dana Scully um, was a well-respected doctor and a skeptic. Uh, mm-hmm. and And once again, the male and female characters didn't feel the need to jump in bed together. They were off... <laughs> Um, solving mysteries and doing things, and they were on equal footing. There wasn't, um, there wasn't this need for the girl to be the tag-along. She was integral to the story, and 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 was held on the same ground as any of the male characters. I think
1: that mm-hmm. was another turning point in science fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if Ken, even if you just observe our organization, the Galfrin Embassy, through the years, we've always. Um, had a lot of female people in th- that were running the club as well. It's, it, they yeah. just naturally oh, yeah. came aboard. We had, um, you know, Beth, who ran the, the the club, especially during the lean years. And um, Lean years is equal to the 90s, by the way. <laughs> because there was no new Doctor Who being produced. Um, so, I mean, I always felt it was a... Um, it, it it pulled in a, a nice balance if you will or, or close to a... I, it's not 50-50 but it's still a strong balance of of both um genders both worlds yeah, yeah. yeah. and um yeah. and and again we do encourage you know everyone to participate in our show and um and please do yeah and and
0: by the way over the last 2 years the female viewership has gone up since David Tennant has been cast Talk Exactly. Who even Wendy Padbury commented at, uh, at the convention a, 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 little, a little over a month ago about um, how she wished David Tennant was her dancing with the stars partner. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> mm. so, Lewis, hit us with some more feedback, my friend. Okay,
1: this is a regular caller, um, and um, you can always find him on the forums as well. This is uh, D. Scott, 50, 7.50, or Scott from Tulsa, Oklahoma.
4: Got 750, Scott McCown
6: from Tulsa. I've noticed something now. The original notion for Doctor Who, if I remember right, was supposed to be like a history lesson, which Travelers was set up to be. And maybe John Nathan Turner or whatever. Of course, Russell T. Davis. I mean, it's brain fart. It, Russell T. Davis is gone back to that original notion, and that's why he has so many Earth adventures. Please. Please, get away from them, I beg you. Once again, this is D. Scott 750
4: saying ciao, friend.
3: Yeah, I can completely empathise with that. And um, it seems that they're having at least a couple of of real sort of historical type shows in the season. I mean, to think back to, to the first series of, you know, the 2005 series with Christopher Eccleston, there was sort of the Charles Dickens episode, The Unquiet Dead, um, series two, um, they went back to oh gosh, what, what was series two when they went for the
1: it, sort of historical episode? It, series two was the uh, the core, um, Tooth claw. Tooth and, and, yes, and claw. Yes, thank
3: you, Lewis. Yeah, with Queen Victoria. And then series three, of course, it was Shakespeare. Um, and we've heard that next se- season. Or series, or whatever you want to say, um, they're going to go back to Agatha Christie's time, a very famous crime writer, British crime writer. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. And um, if, if I think that none of us would have any complaints if those were the only Earth stories that they did, but I think that you know, I guess that they, they've really tried to ground um, the, the series on Earth to, to kind of hook people in and get them to um, have. Uh, to gain an affinity for the show with stuff that they can appreciate and can understand and, and build the, the the sort of um the character base because it's very hard to kind of um get to know a character well and her background and things without going back and doing the domestic stuff which previously i kind of dis disliked but you know once we saw how series two panned out and things you know i've grown to appreciate that but now that that's kept that groundwork has been kind of laid there's no reason why you know other than i guess budget constraints we can't go to other planets and do other more crazy things which is what i guess the the doctor who sort of core fan base would like everybody when they're talking about the new series is, is always mentioning how you know we should go to other planets and do other things and you know it not just be grounded on on earth unfortunately like kind of the third doctor was so
1: yeah, I, I think it has less to do with um, a history lesson than it is budgetary constraints. Constraints,
3: yeah. yeah. But, it, I mean, it's always fun, and, and I love those sorts of episodes. They always have a really good feel to them, and, you know, you're learning a lot about them. Even even like um, The Girl in the Fireplace, that was, you know, a great way to, to learn about, you know, Madame de Pompadour and the French Revolution and, you mm-hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, whereas I think that, you know, that's kind of stuff that maybe you wouldn't necessarily know about in the classroom. You know, you might learn about the French Revolution generally, but not kind of specific but aspects to it and things. What's
1: great about the historical episodes on Doctor Who is that it could pique someone's interest to learn more and to learn, you know, exactly. the, the yeah. history of what really happened, you know, so where you may not have an interest in that, but then you realize, oh, well, but that's, the, that's that's who the you know, that real, that character, if you will, which is a real person, is who the doctor met, and now I want to know more about you know this
0: yeah their life figure. yeah
3: yeah yeah okay so let's move on to another email to do okay this is from a lady called julie was sorry we you know even though we just mentioned how uh you know we have yeah, yeah. it's a 50 50 fan base a lot of the emails have been from ladies brilliant Awesome stuff. So this is from Julie Darwin, and she says, To Lewis, Ken, and James, thanks so much for episode 91 of Podshock. The interview with Paul Paul Cornell was great, very natural. He seemed to enjoy it as much as you did, and it's nice that he wants to be involved in roundtable discussions in the future. The live episodes have been really good, and the quality could be better, but at least uh, the few were out quickly after recording. Isn't it great to be a fan at the moment? It might be silly in the UK press at the moment, but when I think of the wilderness years, it is brilliant that there is a Doctor (laughs) Who casting story in the UK newspaper almost every single day, especially when you consider it's off-season. The other reason for wanting to write to you is I was wondering whether you could publicise the campaign that some of us on the Outpost Gallifrey are running. As you are probably aware, David Tennant's mother, Helen Macdonald, died recently. And in her memory and the hard work she did for the Accord hospital, hospice, I should say, in Paisley, Scotland, we are trying to raise funds for the hospice. We have already done really well and have raised over £3,000 so far. The website is at justgiving.com forward slash Helen MacDonald dash Accord. And we are asking people not to refer to David Tennant in the comments section as to protect his privacy. There has been a campaign, but it has made me feel a bit uncomfortable at seeing some of the comments. We OG came up with the idea and started the campaign the day after the funeral. We contacted DT.com to let them know about it, and they decided to create their own campaign. It would be great to raise as much money as possible. Helen was the co-founder of the hospice, and her involvement can be seen across the web. It takes £5,000 a day to keep the hospice running if you feel it's inappropriate to publicize this in your podcast of course i totally understand keep up the great work i look forward to the podcast arising in itunes and I enjoy agreeing and disagreeing with both of you or all of you this is truly a great time to be a dr ho fan we are no longer geeks alone best wishes <laughs> julie darwin aka anna grant on og you know what my other favorite tv show is then yeah so yeah i mean this this email was sent uh quite a while ago back in in August, but you know, I just wanted to, to reiterate about the campaign because even though it was some time ago, it doesn't necessarily make it any less prudent or important. Um, and also, uh, she's made a lot of really cool and relevant uh, points about you know how cool it is to be a Doctor Who fan, you know, now and how. We're no longer in the lean years or wilderness years or whatever you want to call. And there's just going to be so much out there. Having said that, though, um, I, I don't know if everybody knows about this, but it's just been reminded to me talking about the wilderness years and everything is that you know after series four there is going to be a sort of bit of a hiatus with Doctor Who as David Tennant um, wants to do away and do other things in the theatre. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, they're still going to churn out a few mini episodes and things in. In, in I think it's twenty ten or two two thousand and nine. They're going to do the mini episodes, and then it's going to come it's, back. Yeah, it's twenty oh nine,
1: and then they're going to come back in two thousand and ten for a full series. Um, and we're yeah. hoping that in in twenty oh nine that these um, specials, there were going to be like uh, three or four specials throughout the year. I'm hoping that they'll be of the length of the.
5: The holidays, Christmas special the Christmas yeah.
1: specials which I believe um as we record this uh the running time for voyage of the dam um is at seventy one minutes, so it's yeah
3: that's now. right, yeah, quite some a long one, so you know at least you know even though we'll kind of be in the wilderness in in two thousand and nine, at least there will be some Doctor Who there, and you know it might not be as as much as ever, but Podshuck will still be there to keep the the torch
0: well, I have to believe that this right. is you know that this is a positive thing you know yes. as far as um uh, regenerating uh, the creativity in the show. Yeah, I, I've I've been on I'm on record as saying I I think this is a good thing and, and it's not a panic move and mm-hmm. um, before anybody does it and I and really I haven't read any reaction where people have thought you know my God what's happening to the show no no, mm-hmm. no one's no one has reacted like that I think everybody understands that it is better to downshift for a little while and let the creative juices build up again so that we have to the 2010 season be as wonderful as it can be as opposed to getting having the crew and cast and crew and writers get burnt out
1: mm-hmm. yeah well, and uh, i think if there was going to be none in that year then people would be panicking but yes my, my only other concern would be overseas markets because right now they're they're selling doctor who to the sci-fi channel and um they're going to be lacking a complete because these channels want to buy a package of you know something that they can run for a length of time, and if it's only going to be three or four episodes or stories, it's it's going to be harder to just package and sell. Yeah,
3: but maybe they could... Maybe if there's sort of a cliffhanger halfway through or something, they can you know, cut it at that point and say to be continued or something like that. I don't know if the BBC could do that or could package it like that because I know that in the US you're not really used to having, you know, even as short series as 13 episodes, you're much used to 22 or 23 or 24 episodes which from a uk perspective is you know a hell of a lot you know so um
0: we've been um especially on on cable television we've been adapting the shorter seasons or the split seasons where you'll have um, yeah twelve or thirteen episodes and then a break, and then another twelve or thirteen to complete the season as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to stretch it out for as long as they can we 're adopting those
1: those shorter runs and and I believe that 's a strength as well well i 'm mm-hmm. just worried that in two thousand and nine where we may lose the sci fi channel and BBC America as far as them showing Doctor Who it, you know as far as u s weddings go, it may be another year you know without doc, new episodes of Doctor Who they may group these you know three or four specials in the next package which would be the 2010 series
3: that could happen yeah that's that's uh a possibility certainly um but i, I mean i don't know i just guess that we'll just have to kind of keep our fingers crossed for the american fans and um hope that everything's going to go well because i mean it seems to me but you know this is just from a, a british perspective that You know, um, it seems to have gone down a storm in America, far far more successful than anybody thought it was going to be. Um, So I can't really see why not, why they wouldn't want to show it. You know, aside from the scheduling aspects and things. But if people genuinely want to see it and there is a a market there, then the, the Sci Fi Channel or your BBC Americas or whatever else will be daft not to show it, surely. You know, if, if it, what's an hour to them out of you know that's you know from what I gather they they show repeats and things all the time. So, you know, what's an hour to the Sci Fi Channel? You know, really, so,
1: I I can see the Sci Fi Channel doing it. You know, as far as like specials go, because they they've been do you know they do these um, mini what they call mini series, even if it's two episodes or whatever, they are it a mini series. I've seen them do that where they'll you know show either um, either specials you know one here one there. Uh, I, I would find BBC America. I would be surprised if they do it, but um, at least maybe the Sci-Fi Channel will continue. Yeah. Yeah. We c- we can live
3: in hope, can't we? We'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens. In Brussels, we trust. So, do we have any more audio feedback? I think us? we got
1: one last bit of audio feedback for the show. Okay, the last uh, one for the show. This is um, from Jonathan Rayner.
2: Um, hello everybody at dot two Hi Ken, Lewis, and James. If you listen to this. Um, I'd just like to say a really big thank you for keeping my passion in Who alive and through the dry spell that we've had since the end of the season. Um, it's been really hard for me to try and keep up with the website, but I'll just give myself a bit of an intro, since um, I'm probably not as well known on Podjack as I am on the Who cast. Um, I run a website called .dot TARDIS pod, and recently we've been having a lot of problems with the um, domain name and all this boring technical stuff that I won't bore you with, but I'd just like to say thanks an awful lot to the Gallifrey Embassy and to Lewis, Ken and James, because Listening to back episodes of your podcast has really kept my passion for the my passion for the Hooniverse alive. And um, if I didn't if I hadn't didn't have these past episodes, I don't think I don't think I would have updated the website. I probably would have just left it for by the wayside. So let's say thanks an awful lot to um, everyone that's kept podcast going for ninety one and um, even maybe up to one hundred episodes pretty soon. Um. So thanks an awful lot for that. Um. And um. If you want to listen to my podcast, if you're not um over full of who from here you can go listen to my podcast which is at www.tardispod.co.uk we've just had a new website design and a whole lot of new other things so you can go on and indulge yourself but i um, just like to say thanks an awful lot um, Ken Lucy, and James you really have kept my passion alive and I hope that the Gallifrey Embassy and Podshot go on for another 100 episodes and we'll still be sitting here in 20 years time and I'll be thanking you again for keeping me going when I'm 34 uh, I look forward to that time. <laughs> See you later, guys.
0: Wow, it would be cool to think that we've inspired someone to go out and do a podcast as well. That's pretty cool.
4: Mm,
1: mm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. And um, as always, we encourage all our listeners to listen to all Doctor Who podcasts out there that are available, and um, the Who Cast and Artist Pod, and uh, the Tin Dog Tin podcast. Dog, sure. And, um, you know, we like to, sh- you know, it's great that this that Doctor Who has um, these podcasts available, and that um there's enough material and content for Doctor Who fans to consume. I mean, we talked earlier in this uh, show about the the lean years, or uh, the what was the other term that that wilderness wilderness. Is, yeah. So <laughs> where there was so little Doctor Who material out there, and so little you know so much so little to digest of new Doctor Who material and now. Um, you know, you have this uh, abundance, if you will, or um, at least a, a good plateful full of um, healthy Doctor Who materials to digest. So um, that's great. And then listen to all of them. Yeah, why not?
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing now because there is so much material. And as we mentioned at the very start of this podcast, when we were talking about um, continuity and, and, and the canon, uh, between the big finish and the novels and the comics and the show and all the things that we have at our at our disposal as fans there's so much to you know that it's not it isn't like again it's not like the wilderness years where um, half a dozen or a dozen Doctor Who podcasts would be stepping on each other's toes saying the same thing there's just so much to cover and there's so much to enjoy and and I think everybody brings something different to the table. You know, listening to the, the Who cast or the Tin Dog podcast, um, everybody does their thing differently. Uh, and, and right off the bat, Lewis and I are American. So um, the Tin Dog podcast, straight out of Britain, it automatically is going to contrast. Um, so there's there's a, a lot of diversity in in just the podcast it's great it's a wonderful thing and we each contribute what we can in our own way and it's just adds to our community and that's uh it is amazing though and he's a 100 podcasts geez we've been sitting around on Sundays doing this for 100 podcasts
3: <laughs> god knows how long how many years have we been doing this now it's going to be almost oh, coming up two on and two a half years yeah
0: yeah yeah some right. 4 million um, 4 million hits to the website
3: oh got to be more than that now isn't it really only 400 I thought it'd be 4 million it's crazy yeah, what, yeah, not 400 yeah sorry I meant 4 million <laughs> yeah 400 is <that's>, great <laughs> no but just to give you all a reminder that you know sorry we've, we've kind of been a bit of a backlog I guess it's really because of the live shows and um, we wanted to kind of review the episodes and we're still kind of catching up but please, please do keep sending us your feedback. Um, feedback at podshock.net, be it emails or audio or whatever. Just send it in. Uh, we love getting it. We love playing it. And we love responding to it. So uh, unless you guys have anything else that you would like to to talk about?
1: No, I think I mean- that wraps things up, really. GallifreyNemocracy.org is our website, or podshock.net will get you to the same place. And... In addition to um, sending us feedback at feedback at Podshock.net, you can also send us your audio feedback by using Skype or the Gizmo Project, and mm-hmm. the address is simply Podshock.
0: Mm-hmm. And a, and also a quick reminder for our, um, the U.S. and U.K. Doctor Who Podshock stores uh, for the Doctor Who uh, Podshock sweatshirts and T-shirts. and That, of course, um, supports Doctor Who Podshock, as well as the do- the donation button on the website, um, and none of it goes to limousines or or getting uh, James his private jet or anything like that. <laughs> uh, every drop of the money goes to um, maintaining the web server and the things that it takes to to keep the podcast and the website. Yeah, going.
3: keeping the, all of those shows online and, and distributing them takes up a lot of bandwidth. So any cash that you guys can give us is greatly appreciated because it just means that we can get the shows to you better and faster and, you know, means that we can make our whole archiving process even more efficient.
0: And quite honestly, it doesn't have to be anything uh, over the top. A simple $1, $5 top. Believe me, it it all, there's no amount that's too small to help, uh, keep things going and because most of the time uh, it is the three of us that are that are uh, you know using our own personal funds as well as time and effort to to keep things going and we don't mind believe me we if we if we didn't enjoy what we're doing we wouldn't be doing We'd be it. We'd doing we, it, yeah. <laughs> there's no salary for doing Doctor Who Pod track, as I'm sure most podcasts around the world do it for the, the simple love of the subject that they do and uh and that that really is the case with us. all three of us are very passionate fans, passionate about podcasting and and we appreciate everybody who listens it It really is uh it's extraordinary in the two and a half years so
1: absolutely and you know we haven't made a call out for this in a while, but just to throw it out there, we still have our frapper map going, so if you want to add Ooh. yourself to the frapper map it's, yeah. uh, it's uh you can there's a link to it on our website, potshock or Podshock.net, or you can go to Frapper, that's no E in it, F R A P P R dot com slash Podshock, and um, add yourself to the map.
4: Mm.
0: It's just cool to see how many people, and, and uh, you know—you see a map of the, the globe, and, and you see the diversity. I, I mentioned this earlier, the diversity of, of people from around the world, all the different amazing places, you know, and 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 being just a a kid from the suburbs of New York, you know, to see somebody in uh, New Zealand or 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 Germany or all these places that are, you know, so far away, it's, it really, I don't know, it's just, it's just hard to explain it. It's just amazing to me, you know. It's uh, it never ceases to amaze me.
1: Well, I think at that note, we're gonna say goodbye and come back next week for another next episode time. Yeah.
3: All the best, guys.
1: Have a good one. All right, everybody. Take it easy. So, as you can tell, this episode was uh, recorded some time ago, so some of our replies and answers were dated, and this was recorded prior to the 2008 series, also known as Series 4. But uh, we're finishing up our live episodes, and we'll be uh, returning back to, to doing more studio shows, so we want to encourage your feedback. We'll try to get your feedback in the podcast on a more timely basis. Thank you for all the feedback that you have been sending us. This is Lewis Trapani, and as you know, I'm going to be on the JumpCon tour starting in a couple weeks, so if you want to keep on top of everything that's going on at JumpCon, you can follow me on Twitter. That's uh, twitter.com slash Lewis Trapani. Follow me, and you'll be informed on everything that's going on, not only on the JumpCon tour, but also with Doctor Who Pachak, and you can stay on top of... Um, all my musings you have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run org, and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock you can email us at feedback at podchock.net. Opening theme by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com.
4: Wobbly wobbly, tiny
6: wiby.